Hi there, John here. This is from Sunday, April 11th. Hope you enjoy. Uh, you know, we've been, uh, we've been working through uh, the letter, the New Testament letter of Philippians and uh, looking at the topic of joy, which is a major theme, right, throughout this letter. And this is the last part of the series. And one of the things that I've been asking you to do uh, for the first three or four weeks I asked you to do, and of course those were online, was I asked you to give me your best smile. And, you know, and, and so this morning I was going to ask you to do the same thing, and, I, and then I realized that everybody's supposed to have masks on, I still wouldn't get to see you. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, there you go. Just, yeah, pull it down real quick and give me your best smile. Come on. Yeah. All right, now maybe turn to somebody beside you and smile at them. All right, it's good. Yeah. It feels good to smile, right? And it, it's... Uh, it, it joy, our joy is important to God. And uh, today's scripture, which is in Philippians chapter 4, uh, talks about our thought life and the effect that that has on the joy and the peace in our life. And so we're going to start in verse 4 in just a minute. And uh, if you want to turn there or click there in your Bible to follow along, I'm reading from the New International Version this morning. And so Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. And we're going to read through to, to verse 9. It says this. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So this starts out by, you know, by saying, you know, rejoice in the Lord always, and it's so important that, you know, he, he, that he writes it a second time. He says, rejoice. So despite the circumstances that this is written in by Paul, right? He, Paul being in prison for his faith, joy is just all through the letter of Philippians. Paul's joy was not based in, in sunny optimism or just a, a positive mental attitude as much as it was in the confidence that his, just his confidence in God, that God was in control of his ultimate destiny. And it really was a joy in the Lord despite his circumstances. And the thing is, is that it's possible for each and every one of us to live in such a way. So while God himself is the source of our joy, you and I, we have a part to play in accessing the joy that God has for us. We make choices with our thought life, with our attitude and our words that lead us either toward or away from joy and the peace that God has. What you meditate on throughout your day will influence your level of joy and peace, which we just read about. Another way to say this is that what you recycle and reuse in your thought life will affect your attitude. It'll affect your words and then your joy. You know, recycling is just something we're used to now, right? But I remember when I was a boy and they introduced recycling. And my parents at first were like, I'm not doing that. That's ridiculous. Right? You just put stuff in the garbage. And, uh, and then they decided, okay, we should try it. 
and they began to recycle, and I can remember the struggle they had in, in the, what goes in the recycling and what doesn't, and, and, and I'll be honest, coming from Ontario, it was different here in BC. It took me like a year to figure out what went where and when, when it went and all those kind of things. And so, uh, you know, and well, it's good to recycle, you know, our plastic and our cardboard and other things. When it comes to our thought life, it's a little different story. I mean, have you ever found yourself struggling with a, a negative or unwelcome thought or pattern of thinking in your life? I, I think most of us have, and that has an effect on the amount of joy and peace that we live in. And God, you know, here in Philippians, God gives us some really practical solutions to this. The first one being, um, you know, to intentionally find things to rejoice in so that we recycle the right kind of thoughts in our, in, in our daily thought life, things that lead us towards joy, the joy that's only available from God. So let me encourage you this morning to evaluate what you spend time thinking about. Evaluate it, where, where your thoughts dwell on a regular basis, because God has joy and peace for you. Verse 5 tells us that we're to let our gentleness be evident to everyone else. And this word here, gentleness, is, uh, in the original language, it's pretty interesting. Because it means mildness, it means patience, yieldedness, moderation. It means an unwillingness to litigate or to contend. You know, this is interesting because Paul is in prison for his faith. Well, he writes this. Right? So his life is on the line, and he does eventually lose his life. He is executed and yet here he is writing, saying to be gentle with, with everyone, including those who are holding you captive. That's pretty challenging, isn't it? He's, he's essentially saying that there's no exceptions for those who are mistreating you. This is a challenging thing to be gentle to everyone. Especially when you feel under pressure or that you're being mistreated. This is the kind of gentleness that can only be found in the joy and the peace that God provides to us. Very difficult for us to do it in our own human strength. The word gentleness really describes the heart of a person who will let the Lord fight their battles for them. It describes a person who's free to let go of their anxieties and all the things that cause them stress because they know that God will take up their cause. Joy helps us to trust God more fully, especially in times of uncertainty. The Lord, you know, it says that the Lord is always close to us. This is why we can have joy even in times of uncertainty, because He's always right there. He's closer than we know. And so turning to Him in times of trouble and difficulty really means that He isn't hard to find. Have you ever noticed that difficulty, trouble, can make it seem as though God might be distant or not paying attention, but the truth of the matter is just the opposite. He's right there. He's closer than we know. So we can trust Him in all things. So then it goes on and it says, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You know, anxiety seems to be more prominent today than in recent history. But that being said, anxiety is nothing new. 
And it would seem as though Paul, right, has some knowledge, some understanding of the Philippians' current, like the, the people in Philippi, their current worries. Anxiety is not anything new for humanity. Fear and insecurity feeds our anxiety. Making the situation that, that we're worrying about overshadow the goodness, the joy, the peace of God in our life. I mean, again, the guy who's writing this is awaiting trial to decide if he's going to live or die. And he says, don't be anxious about anything. That's pretty stunning, isn't it? And he says, don't be anxious about anything but... And there's really the key for us because it's, it's what follows after. It's what's written next that helps us because it's not as simple as just choosing to not be anxious. Have you ever tried that? You're feeling anxious, you're feeling worried, and you think, well, I just won't be. And, and it might work for a few minutes, right? But then in a few minutes, it's, it like creeps back in, right? <laughs> and so it's, it, what comes next? Next, God offers us solutions which is to first and foremost give our problems over to him and trust him. This is why it says to pray in every situation and to give God our request, thanking him that he hears, that he cares, that he will answer, and that he'll be close to us regardless of what that answer is. I wonder if Paul you know, prayed for God to, to save him or take him. He, he wrestles with that early in, in the letter to Philippians. Here's the thing, recycling thankfulness, gratitude in our thoughts, in our talking to God will lead us away from anxiety and towards joy. But you have to make it a practice in every situation. Every situation. It tells us to pray, to give our request to God with thankfulness. Have you, it's difficult to be thankful when you're um, engaged in worry or anxiety. And so the, the solution, the antidote, is to start being thankful even when you, you think, well, I don't feel thankful. That's not the point. The point is that you practice it. You lead yourself towards what God has. So in that, be aware. As you try this, the, the first few days may be quite hard and will require discipline. And it may even take several weeks before you find your anxious thoughts giving away to thanksgiving and joy. But it will happen as you pray in every situation. Every situation. Not just the ones that worry you, right? Not just the ones that you feel upset or anxious about, but pray and give God thanks in every situation. This is how you can hang on to the things that you should have joy over or be thankful for, is to pray even in the ones that are so very good for you. To pray into them and thank God. And then the way that you know it's working is that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, it says, will begin to guard your heart and mind as you live each day getting closer to Jesus. It's a peace that we can't understand. Have you noticed that our world is lacking peace? It was pre-COVID, and it's like intensified, right? And yet what God has for us as people is peace and joy even in the midst of our situation. To the anxious mind, I think to the anxious mind, right, the idea of peace that passes understanding sounds wonderful but likely impossible. The good thing to know here is that you are not your own source of, of peace or joy. 
God is. Jesus is our peace and our joy. Our job is to keep leading ourselves towards him, toward gratitude, toward staying connected to God by praying and by talking to him in every situation, by including him, by, by bringing him into every situation, every circumstance that you meet throughout your day. You know, there's no promise here that God will fulfill every single request that we make. But it does promise that prayer will change things. And the thing it might change is you. It might change your attitude, your mindset. You might find joy in a situation or circumstance that before you were praying and trusting him that you didn't find, you didn't find it there. When we pray about our problems and choose to be thankful, God gives us peace. So let me encourage you. If you're struggling, if you're struggling with anxiety, it, it, if you find yourself struggling with worry, struggling with anxiety, know this. It's not just how you're wired. Okay? It, it isn't just, it's just my personality. I'm just, you know, wound a little tight. I'm just a little, a little tense. It isn't just how you're wired. It's not, it's not just the result of the world you live in. Those things do have an influence. They do have an impact. But the fact is this, God's word and his promises are true. And it means that there is peace available for you. You are not an exception to the rule. You're not somehow different than people that, that have you know, engaged in this and found the joy and the peace of God. It is available to everyone who chooses gratitude and prayer. It's available to all of us. But it will take right, that discipline, that daily work of, being, of, of expressing thanks, of praying and, and inviting God into every situation and circumstance. See, your anxiety might be telling you that it's somehow different for you. Or that maybe God is upset or disappointed with you, so he's not going to help you. But those are lies based in fear. God's promises are true for each and every one of us. Verse 8 goes on and it describes for us more ways that we are to engage our thinking. Right? It says whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is, ad whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That list right there, that, I mean, this list is really just describing the Christian thought life. This is what we are to strive towards and to aim for in our life, in the way that we think. Because how we think, what we let our thoughts dwell on, shapes us. What we recycle in our thinking makes all the difference in our lives. If you let fearful thoughts live in your mind on a regular basis, it will result in anxiety in your life. If you consistently let negativity or unbelief dwell in your mind, you'll find yourself struggling to trust God. And the thought of praying in every situation might seem useless to you. Because you think, well, God, what's God going to do? Because you're struggling with unbelief. Again, you know, Paul's in prison and he's telling us, here's how you should think. I, I find that incredibly challenging for a guy that's in a very difficult situation. To think that he'd say, this is, this is how you think. And he isn't just, he's, he's talking about everybody. 
including those that are holding him captive. Our thoughts play a significant role in shaping who we are, which is why the Bible talks a lot about it. Recently in, 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 my, uh, <laughs> recently in my own time with, with God, you know, one morning, um, I, I was reading Psalm 19. It's a fantastic verse that talks about you know, the, the law of God and how good it is for us. And, uh, and it ends with, in verse 14, it says, it says this, it, say, it says, May the words of my lips and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And that particular morning, when I was with God, it, it, that verse just jumped out of me. It jumped out at me, and so I, I took it, and I memorized it, and I've, I say it to myself several times a day. Because it helps me be aware of what my, where my thoughts are leading me. Because I want what I say, I want what I think, to please God. To be pleasing to Him, because He is my rock, right? He is our rock and our redeemer. He's the, he is our source of joy and peace. And so this goes on and it tells us how we're to think in, in Philippians. It says that we're to think about whatever is true. So whenever you feel anxious, feel worried, a good thing to pray about is to ask God a very simple question. What is the truth about this situation, God? What's the truth right here? And then look into the Bible and see what Scripture has to say about what truth God has already spoken regarding the situation for you. It says to think about whatever is noble. This is, the word noble is about respect and dignity. And we should guard the way that we think about ourselves and about others so that it lines up with respect and dignity. Not just with people that we agree with or people that agree with us, right? It, we are to treat and to, we're to think about whatever is noble, to think with respect and dignity towards all of humanity because they're made in God's image, because he loves them. He's, he's given his son for them. Have you ever noticed that if you don't respect somebody that it's easier to badmouth them, it's easier to, to gossip about them and, and even mistreat them? But we're to think about whatever is noble. We're to think about whatever is right so that which is godly and best for you and for others. We're to think about whatever is pure. So this is, this is to think morally, to promote innocence in your thought life. So the idea is so that even the very suggestion of violating God in thought or action is just immediately repelled in your thinking. I don't, want, I don't want that mindset. I don't, want, I don't want to engage in that thought or that action because I know where it's going to lead me. Whatever is pure. It says whatever is lovely or admirable. So this is describing thoughts that please God because they line up with how he thinks about who he is and think, to think about anything that is excellent or praiseworthy. Something that is excellent is superior to the common everyday experience. Something that's excellent is superior to the common everyday experience. God and his kingdom are superior to the one that we live in every day. Anxiety has, you know, anxiety has the worst in mind. Anxiety makes us think that the worst is going to happen. 
But God is good and always has good in mind for us. He works all things together for good for those who love him. Also written by Paul. Praise is the expression of excellence, meaning this. It means that with our lips, because, right, hopefully you think things before you say them. Every man here has experience not doing that. Um, <laughs> so, right? But you, you, say it with, you say it verbally out loud because your mind is engaged. You say things like, God, you are better than any situation I face. You are worth having. You are my strength in times of trouble. You are my anchor in the storm. You are worthy of every breath I take because of how incredible you are. And someday, Lord, I will meet you face to face and it will all be worth it. Excellence, right? Praise is the expression of excellence towards God. Each of these, each of these things that I've listed is worth recycling and reusing in our day-to-day -day life. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do in response today. I'm going to ask you first to give over your fear, your anxiety, and worry to God. Just even where you are right now, just begin to hand it over to Him. Say, okay, God, I'm, I'm surrendering this to you, giving you my fears, my anxieties, my worries. You can even begin to list them. What I would encourage you to do when you get home, um, you know, write down, maybe write down on a piece of paper your fears, your anxieties, and your worries, and then put them in, in the recycling if you want. Put them in the garbage. Just get rid of them. The idea being that as you dispose of them, you're indicating to God that you're going to trust Him. That you're going to leave them with Him and embrace His way of thinking. And then when you, maybe after you've done that, I would encourage you to go back and, relate, and, and read Philippians 4 here. Write down things that you can rejoice over. Write down your requests. The things that you're asking God for. And then write down things that are worth thinking about. The reason that you do that is so that when anxiety and worry comes at you, you're able then to refer back to it and say, right, here's, here's what I know. Here's what I know to be true. Here's what I, I'm thankful for. Here's what I can rejoice over. Here's what I, God here again is what I'm asking you to do. Because how we think affects who we are. Affects where we're headed on a day-to-day -day basis. And God desires for us to live in joy and peace, to have that peace that transcends understanding. In a world that seems incredibly confused right now, I believe that what God wants for us as people is to have peace that seems to just transcend all the confusion and difficulty that we see at, at work right now. We could all use more joy and peace, couldn't we? You don't look convinced, but I'll just assume that you agree with me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks. Yeah, if you're in your car and you want to say amen, just honk. There you go. <laughs> that makes me happy. I don't know. It's a funny thing. <laughs> All right. I want to pray for you today before you go. So if, if you're seated, why don't you stand? And uh, let's pray together. If you're in your car, you have to stay seated. I'm sorry. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I pray for each and every one of us here. Lord, I pray, God, that right now we, we give over to you our fears, 
our worries, our anxieties. We leave them with you, God. Jesus, you even tell us that <laughs> by worrying, we, we can't add a single day to our lives. It's just such a fruitless activity. And so, Lord, just ask that you come and you meet us right here, right now. I pray, God, for those that are here today or, you know, that watch this, listen to this, that are struggling with fear and anxiety, that you, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, would meet them right now, right where they are. That any shame or sense, God, that, that you're not close to them, that you're not going to help them, would just melt away in your presence. That we, as your people, oh God, would experience the joy and the peace that you have for us as we leave behind those things, God, that, that we, we have fear over, that we worry about, those heavy things that we often carry. Lord, may we, each and every one, leave here lighter today, <laughs> carrying your joy and your peace. Lord, may you help us to think as you think in all, in every situation. Thank you. We pray this, Jesus, in your beautiful name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming. And uh, I hope that you have a wonderful day. If you need to um, get your teenager or your kid, just head on over that way, your child. And uh, the rest of you, have a wonderful day. God bless.